Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 79. Today we're going to be talking about family stories, facts versus fiction. And spoiler alert, this is part one of two. But before we get into the story and the case study, Penny, do we have wine? Naturally, we have wine. Excellent. Uh, so I was recently out visiting my son in Portland. It's always fun to go out there and uh, hit some wineries in the Willamette Valley. Excellent. I only hit one this time. We were really busy. But it was a, it was a good one. It was a small winery, the Dion uh, Dion Vineyards, and they are, it's owned by a lovely couple, and it's been in Kevin's family for quite a while, and this particular wine is called the Wedding Tree Cuvée, and it is 94% Pinot Noir and 6% Chardonnay, and it is a sparkling wine, and it's really good. We had, uh, we did a little wine tasting, mm-hmm. and the name uh, refers to the hundred-year-old tree that Kevin and Beth were married under. Oh, that's very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, so the wedding tree cuvee, and this is a 2018. Did you get to see the tree? Did not oh. see the tree, oh. but we were we we got so much information from them. Mm-hmm. They were so delightful mm-hmm. and shared. I learned more about how grapes are picked. And you know the oh, the seasoning. It was just it was that's fabulous. That's yes, really nice. they did spend cool. they did spend some time with us, nice. which is lovely. Nice, nice, nice. Um, before we get into your fact or fiction, mm. like a word from our sponsor. Okay. Today's episode is sponsored by Newspapers.com. Break down genealogy brick walls with a subscription to the largest online newspaper archive. Did your ancestor disappear from vital records? Maybe they moved or got married. Newspapers.com can help you find them and tell their story. Or have you ever had trouble figuring out how people tie into your family tree? Newspapers are filled with birth notices, marriage announcements, and obituaries. Items like these are a great resource for determining family relationships. On Newspapers.com, you can explore more than 800 million newspaper pages from across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and beyond in just seconds. Their easy-to-use search feature lets you filter your results by date, location, a specific paper, and more. When you find something interesting, the Newspapers.com clipping tool makes it a snap to share it with friends and family. You can even save it directly to your ancestry tree. For listeners of this podcast, Newspapers.com is offering new subscribers 20% off a Publisher Extra subscription so you can start exploring today. Just use the code HAPPYHOUR at checkout. The facts have been brought out. The documents are there, and they still want to believe the stories. And one of the stories is, um, well, one of, the, one of them was that um, about um, their great-grandmother. <clears throat> so I started doing some digging um, into her um, line, and um, it's um, a little interesting. So Do tell. All right. Do tell. So um, my late husband's great-grandmother 
was Beulah Grace Baker. She went by Grace. And she died on May 12th, 1970 in Louisville, Jefferson County, Kentucky. I lived in Louisville for a while. You did. That's right. I yeah, loved that's it. where that's where Michael's from. Um, her obituary states that she was 88 years old at the time of her death and lists the names of her five surviving children. One obituary states that she had 15 grandchildren, but another obituary says she had 10. Huh. Uh, my count is about 14. So, I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got left out in the one obituary. Right. Somebody... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one family's kids got left out. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, the oral history of the family was has been told is that... Um, her father was a German immigrant um, named John Baker from Bonn, Germany, and that she had two brothers, John and Herbert. Okay. So, Bakers from Bonn, Germany. Bakers from Bonn. Baker, that's right. I wonder if they were bakers. <laughs> I want, right? <laughs> well, um, I know that Grace got married on August 17, 1898, in Sumner County, Tennessee, to Samuel Tildenlay, um, becoming his second wife. He had married first in 1896, and his first wife died the same year. Um, the couple had six children um, who all lived into adulthood. The 1900 census, which, which is the first census after they married, shows that um, Samuel was 22, Grace was 19, meaning she was born, so that means that she was born about 1881. And that they had a 10-month-old son, um, their oldest child, and they were living in Edmondson County, Kentucky. Now, that's where Samuel was from, um, from Edmondson County. Um, The population uh, schedule in that census states that Grace um, was born in 1880 uh, in Illinois, but the month of birth was left blank. Uh, But the census reports that her parents were both born in Illinois. Okay. Not Germany. Not Bonn. Not Germany, no. So all the information um, about her looked accurate, except the birth location of her parents and that her month of birth was left out. Now, the month of birth could have been left out because she wasn't the informant, and we don't know who the informants are in the 1900 census, so Mm -hmm. whoever was informing didn't know what month she was born. Maybe the husband forgot the birthday. I don't know. (laughs) I can't imagine (laughs) that being the case. (laughs) Or it could be that when it was being transcribed in the Census Bureau from the original canvassing sheets, it was just left off. But... We don't have the month there. Everybody else has the month, but not her. But I have conflicting information now. I have a father in the census that says that he was born in Illinois, but the family's story that's been passed down says he was born in Bonn, Germany. So, um, we need to kind of, you know, get that conflicting information and analyze it and then clarify it. So, I need some more information. At this point in my research, I ordered both her Kentucky death certificate and her SS-5 social security application. Uh, Both of these are original documents containing secondary information about birth facts, her date of birth, her place of birth, and her parents' names. Uh, This is secondary information because the documents were created long after she was born by individuals with secondhand knowledge of the events. 
Um, so although Grace was in fact the informant on her SS5 application and she was present at her birth, she certainly can't remember the actual event, the facts, and the people who were present. So that's why it's secondary information. And I will, I do need to note here that women of Grace's generation may not have had um, SS5 applications. They may never have been issued social security numbers um, if they died, particularly if they died before their husbands, because most of them did not work outside the home. And so a social security number was never issued to them. But because she lived into um, the 1970s and she, um, her husband died before her in the 1930s, then she had to apply for a social security application, uh, social security number. So I do have that as well. So we take a look at this new information, these two new documents, and um, the death certificate first states that um, she is Beulah Grace Lay, that she died on the 12th of May, 1970 in Jefferson County. She was 88 years old when she died, and it says that she was born July 14th, 1881 in Illinois. She was a widow, that her father's name was John Baker, so that fact matches what the family stories were. The mother's name is unknown, unfortunately, and the informant was her daughter, Ruby Amon. Um, she was the third child, and um, it looks like that Beulah was living with her at the time of her death. Um, the... Um, cemetery records, um, or the cemetery, the, the tombstone marker, she was not actually buried with her husband. He was, when he died in 1938, he was buried with his first wife. And so when she died, when um, Grace died in 1970, she was buried with um, her daughter Ruby and her son-in-law, Charles Amon. Okay, wait. Yes. What? Take a step back. <laughs> This man is married to a woman for less than a year or a year. Nine, nine or ten months, yeah. Nine or ten months. She passes in childbirth. Mm-hmm. He marries like the next year or mm-hmm. two years. Yep. Is with this wife many years up until 1938. 30 years, yeah. But he's buried with the first, first wife. wife? Yeah, well, maybe he bought one. What is that thing? story? That is a story <laughs> I would like to know the answer okay. to. <laughs> add that to your I research. I will add that to my research. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so Grace gets, is buried with her daughter and her son-in-law. It's one tombstone marker, and the date of birth, date of death matched the death certificate. Clearly, Ruby was the informant on both. So everything matches. Then I look at the SS5 application, which um, Grace herself was the informant on, and she she filled out the application on September of 1965. So she was 83 years old when she was reporting this information. Um, it says that she was born in Harrisburg, uh, Saline County, Illinois, on August 14th, 1882. Now. That hmm. doesn't match what her daughter reported <laughs> on the death certificate. Surprise! <laughs> so the death certificate says July 14th, 1881, and she says August 14th, 1882. So, hmm. I know. She's 83 years old at the time. Um, maybe she was the one who was the informant forgot her 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 own birthday. Her, her birth yeah. month way back on the 1900 census, too. I don't know. But more importantly, she reports um, on the SS5 that her father is John Wesley Baker. So at least I go from John Baker to John Wesley Baker. I've got a middle initial. That's a plus. That's a plus. 
And she says that her mother was Louisa Garrison. So now I have a mom's name. Thank you. Huzzah. I know. And she was already living with her daughter, Ruby, when she filled out this application. So it's the same address as the one where she died. So now I've got two more pieces of information to add to my 1900 census in my obituary. And I can pretty much reasonably say now that um, Grace was born in Illinois, probably Saline County, between 1880 and 1882, and that her parents were John Wesley Baker, probably born in Illinois, and her, um, or possibly born in Illinois, and then um, her, her mother was Louisa Garrison. So now I have parents' names, I've got location of birth, I've got a three-year date range for her birth to help me locate the parents and records for the parents. The first thing I do, though, is I continue to look for Grace in all of the subsequent um, census records that that she would have been in. Um, So the 1910, I'm looking to see if there's any bakers living with the family. Um, unfortunately, there is not. Um, Samuel's parents are living with them in 1910, and then they start living with children after that. So no Baker relatives found living with them at all. So that wasn't helpful. Um, and now at this point, I would love, love to have an uh, 1890 census. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Because I'm now very unlikely to find Grace in any documents with her biological family since she was probably not alive for that 1980, I mean the 1880 um, census enumeration. And then she gets married, obviously, before, right before the 1900s. So I go and I start diving into Illinois marriages and the 1880 census for this John Wesley Baker and um, Louisa Garrison living in Saline county illinois that's where i'm going to start looking and i get lucky i find a marriage for john w baker and louisa garrison on november 18th 1867 in saline county perfect perfect i'm off and running now so i look in the 1870 census and there is a john w baker a louisa his wife and a child a daughter um adeline um in saline county John Baker was born in 1847 in Illinois. Louisa was born in 1852 in Illinois. And Adeline was born the year before in Illinois. So nobody in Germany at this point. Not yet. Nope. So 1880 census. um, They are now living in Cottage Grove, Saline County. And the birth dates continue to match. But this is the first um, census that we have the location of parents' birth. Okay. Well, we had it in the location of parents' birth for John. And in the 1880 census, it says that his parents were born, and his father was born in Kentucky, and his mother was born in Tennessee. <laughs> Could it have been Bon, Kentucky? Exactly or? right. What's happening here? What is happening? That. Exactly. That's a, good, that's a good one. I'll look there. Okay. So, and Louise's parents uh, were born in Tennessee and Illinois, respectively. So, they've got two more children. They have a Susan born in 1871 and a John H. Um, born in August of 1879 that John matches with what one of the brothers that she supposedly had. And I also get lucky here because also living in the household is John W. Baker's mother, widowed mother, Mm. Susan A. Baker, who was born in 1819, approximately, in Tennessee. And her parents were born in Virginia and Georgia. No way. 
Okay. And no Ger- <laughs> and still no Germany. But <clears throat> I have a mother for him now. Okay. So I'm off to a good start. I think this looks like this could be Grace's family. Um, but I also am also having to deal with very common names. John Baker and Louisa Garrison. There's lots of them running around Illinois. Yeah. Um, I also do a search. So, that, so I do have to make sure that I am on the right track and I need to eliminate all the other John Bakers running around. So um, I go back to my 1870 and 1880 census searches for all John Bakers living in Saline County. There's luckily only one. And um, he's in both the 1880, 1870, 1880. He was born in Ohio. And ironically, guess where his parents were born? Germany? Yep. Oh. So if I had actually, if I had not looked at those other documents first, I could have chased down this dude for a while and wasted a lot of time. I mean, I did chase him down just a little bit just to, you know, mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. sure that there weren't two John bakers with two wives named louisa and this this other guy he was married to an emmeline foster um in the 1870s his mother was not susan so i can eliminate him as right right but But had you not gotten those other things you could have seen oh john baker germany Mm -hmm. parents correct this is Is my guy exactly right yeah, it's so easily easy to yep. get off on the wrong track. So, no German references. I can definitely say that these origins in Bonn, Germany are not true. The family may be several generations back. We're going to find out, right? Because but he, he clearly was not. Um, I'm able to quite quickly confirm that Louisa's, uh, find the identity of Louisa Garrison's parents. Uh, her father died, sadly, of disease at Vicksburg, Mississippi during the um, Civil War. He was in his 30s. Okay. And her mother had already died by 1858, so there was a guardianship established for her and her two sisters, which back from her, I think it was her grandparents. And so it outlined birth dates, where they were born, you know, it was all nice. So that I can go back for far now with that information but i still don't know who john baker's parents are i know that mom's name is susan that's it so far hmm so i continue on to um to see where if i can find john baker or john w baker's um death find a death record for him um i look in the 1900 census and there is a john w baker in cottage grove and uh, it says that he was born about 1850, which is I two or three years. He's you know made himself a couple years younger. Um, and it says that he was born in Illinois, and his parents were born in Illinois. But it he's a widow. He's a hired hand in the household of a Lewis Durfee. So I don't think that he was the informant here. I think he's just you know he's living and working on this property for, with these people, and they don't know too much about him. So yeah, that's probably why it says parents were from Illinois. So. Um, but he's there by himself. There are no other bakers in that household. And then again in 1910, he is still in uh, Saline County. Again, born about 1850. And this time it says that both his parents were born in Tennessee, which kind of is a little bit closer to what he was reporting on, on his own back in the 1870s and 1880s. He's single. And I got another piece of good luck here because he's now living in the household of Mary Rice, who... He, uh, who is his sister? 
It says he is her brother. She's 14 years older. She's a widow. She's had seven children, all of whom are still living at the time. Um, so she was born about 1836, um, and she was also born in Illinois. So you've so, got another person now that I've you can find now. her maiden mm-hmm. name, maybe. Yeah. Well, I know that she's a baker. Oh, we a baker. Yeah, she's right. a baker. I'm I, thinking I can find one. her marriage. Her, yes. I mean, you know. With her, with her mother. I can start to form some sort of family group here for yes. them. Yes. Um, Illinois death certificates uh, have been indexed um, pre-1916, um, and I did not find a John Baker that really fit mine. Um, and then they're, they're also indexed 1816 to 1850. I did a search for John Baker in uh, Saline County. There were four of them. None of them were my guy. So I have not been able to find a death certificate for him yet. I also looked in the coroner reports, 1901 to 1919. No one in there, no bakers I recognized. Um, there is also, there is a, because um, I do like to read those county histories, there is a Saline County, uh, a history, a, a century of history, that's the name of it, 1847 to 1947. And there is mention of a J.W. Baker selling property um, to a school in 1887. Ooh. So I need to look at those property, like we talked look about land those, records. Those land right, records. Right, right. I need to look at the land records. Um, I have not been able to find an obit for him, and I did look. Um, unfortunately, the, the local newspapers for Saline County don't appear to be digitized. Oh, that's my luck, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I did look. I was hoping... I'm throwing everybody out there, but there's they're just those papers in Southern Illinois. They're there, but they're on microfilm at the repositories in Southern Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. I know. Um, my great grandfather also uh, died. Has an obit, the little tiny one, um, <laughs> but no no death certificate. Yeah, nothing. So buried in the backyard, probably. No, I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but it could be true. Well, that's all we have time for in this episode, so you're going to have to stay tuned. Oh, we have a book? What? We have a book review. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, then I better better be quiet there. Yes. Okay, so I guess we have a few more minutes for a book review. Cut me off here. You will. I'm so sorry. Well, you're just such a prolific reader. I mean, gosh, every time we've got a new book. I like all these. I don't have time to read like this. (laughs) (laughs) What's the book? So this book is called, um, it's coming out June 6th. And um, it's Wait. called, it's, yeah, it, it's not out yet, but you can pre-order. Oh. And it's, um, you can, it's called The Butcher, The Embezzler, and The Fall Guy by Gretchen Charrington. And this is a story uh, that is a, per, it's personal and historical. So Charrington leads us through her journey to solve what really happened with her grandfather, Alpha LaRue Eberhardt, or A.L. as he's referred to in the book. And Hormel Foods founder George Hormel. Oh, you told me about this. Yes, it's so interesting. Uh huh. So um, it's starting with family lore, like like you were just mm-hmm. talking about. Um, she takes us down the road of research and shares the inner workings of the Hormel Foods company in the early 1900s in Minnesota. And there's a gentleman named Ransom Josiah Thompson that embezzled 1.2 million dollars over 10 years from Hormel. And how did this happen? How is AL involved? Um, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You're going to have to read for yourself. But it's such uh, a good story, and it's um, fascinating history of the Hormel meat industry and 
Um, it's a great read, and I hope you all get a chance to read it for yourselves when it comes out on June 6th. On June 6th? Yeah. Perfect. I have a long flight. Yep, long flight. You can be doing that. For, and uh, I put a link for it on our website um, to do your pre-order. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay, excellent. All right. Good. All right, so next time we will continue the story of Beulah... Uh, Grace. Grace Baker's father. Great. So, until next time. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly and never drink around genealogical documents.